The door to the chief's wagon opens. Keth, Astra, Felomir, and Finch step out in the bazaar while Doroth and Rokar begin attunement. For you, Doroth, nothing wild happens. A typical attunement. But Rokar, as you close your eyes and focus on the item, your body pulses. Your eyes widen and glaze over with a red coating. Your body quivers and shakes. Your grip on the spear tightens. Your knuckles go pale and white. It feels like you are being electrocuted. You hold as long as you can, but then you close your eyes tightly from the pain. You scream. And then all of a sudden, it stops. Your grip loosens, your body relaxes, then you open your eyes. You stand in the courtyard of a small castle. A blood moon shines down from above in a clear sky, and an orange hue illuminates the area. The courtyard is filled with rose bushes, but the paths through the garden are sunk beneath a thin layer of watery blood. You hear a door creak from across the courtyard. At the top of a seven-stair stoop, someone walks out of the castle. They stop at the top of the stairs and look at you from roughly 50 feet away. They say, You wish to wield the power of Zavaldi. This person talking to you wears a full set of scale mail armor, their skin hidden beneath the metal fragments. Their helmet is shaped to fit their head tightly, and the visor is lowered, hiding their identity. A minor enhancement of power is most likely to someone who has no reputation with my lord. Will you take arms for the lord of Uvestra? Out of character. Do I know what any of this stuff Not at is? All. I don't, so I don't know who Savaldi is. Nope. Savaldi? Savaldi. Savaldi is. Uvestra, do I know what that is? I have no clue. Okay, out of character, just because so I'm, I'm curious, is that in the world that we're on? Can you tell me that? Um, it seems that if you are in the world of Aces currently, you have been teleported somewhere else. Do the moon be looking like the moon I know, other than the color? Give me a nature check. That was a 19. The moon is familiar, but it does not appear to be the moon you recognize of Aces. It's a little larger. It seems closer to the surface of wherever you are. The Lord of Uvestra, Savaldi? Yes, Lord Savaldi will not entertain reluctance. But I would hope he would entertain strong will, and I need to know his motivations. To conquer. To conquer. That's all he's about. Again, no more reluctance. Will you fight for the Lord of Uvestra? I will. Roll a d100 for me. 72. The power has been granted to you through Savaldi's blood spear. For a short period, your blood will be linked to theirs. Hey companions, sorry for such a delayed episode release. I have been struggling managing my time recently and it has been quite difficult because of some obstacles. Things finally came to light and confirmation was given to me so I can finally speak on it. But my day job has been a huge struggle for me recently and I won't get into all the specifics, but it was causing me a huge bit of stress. It was killing my work ethic and motivation with the job and outside the job. I know you listeners who aren't in our Discord may have been confused how the episodes weren't hitting our target schedule, and I apologize for that. Basically, when my workday ended, I just blanked out and watched TV or played video games to cope. 
I had computer hard drive issues. Then we had friends come in town. Then D got COVID. Then I got COVID. And then this past Friday, I got a call from a new company and they offered me a new job after a series of interviews. So I'm on the up and up and things feel like they are getting back to normal. I'm dropping this here in the episode, though, to make y'all aware that I'm extremely ashamed for missing scheduled releases. And we've never been this late on one. And I'm going to do my absolute best to hit our target release dates. But if you don't see a new episode, just know I'm working as quickly as I can to get you a quality episode. Hope you understand. But for now, let's go ahead and get this episode going for you. carriage is back on the move. Dorth, as you come out of your meditation attuning to the drum, you look around the carriage. Finch, Thelamir, Astra, and Keth are looking away from you. They look concerned. As you look to see what they are looking at, you see Rokar still going through his attunement ritual. His body is stiff, his eyes are glazed over with a red coating, and his grip on the spear is extremely tight. All of the sudden, Rokar blinks and begins to panic. He drops the spear to the floor of the carriage, taking in deep breaths. The whites of his eyes are blood red, and beads of sweat drop down from his forehead. Hey, hey, calm down. Breathe. Look at me. Look at me. Breathe. Calm yourself. What just happened? Uh, I guess I attuned. Dad, never seen an attunement look like that before. Yeah, my, my past attunements have not gone like this either. Have any of you ever heard of Sovaldi? Of Yvestra? Not me. Have we? Uh, y'all can give me history checks if anybody thinks they might know. Nine. Eighteen? Uh, unfortunately, no. No one knows. I can't say that rings a bell to me. Okay, well, that seems to be the entity to whom I've attuned to. <laughs> In- entity? It's a thing. It's a with a will. Uh, and that is... That is who I have attuned to. Can, can, can you undo it? I don't I don't know. I uh, from what I was told, I only have the power that the attunement grants me for a short time. So maybe I'll have to do this again if I at some point recognize I lose the power and maybe I just won't. I don't really know. We'll have I'll have to kind of play this one out. Did someone speak to you? Yes. Not, not Sadati themselves, but their representative. What did they say? They said that uh, Savaldi seeks to conquer. Oh, great! <laughs> Just and what we need. I'm his representative in that, or I will fight for him in that. Seeks to conquer what? Just kind of a blanket conquer, as it turns out. So, do you have control, or does this entity? As of this moment. I think I have control. I can't speak to what may happen in the future. I start to cast Detect Evil and Good. I'm going to cast some spells on me. You don't know what I'm going to do with a spear. I just got this thing. I'm attuned to it. You start casting spells on me. We might have a problem. (laughs) That's not me talking. It's Sabaldi. 
All right. So uh, as you cast the spell, it's a concentration spell for up to 10 minutes. And so you have a moment to linger while the spell is still activated. You take a look at Rokar, and there's no sort of hint of magical aura from him in that sense at all. The spear doesn't represent, say, a creature of any sort, but it does appear to be a desecration. Well, I, I don't detect anything evil about you, but that spear is definitely cursed somehow. So the, it's my understanding that the curse is what grants me the power that the spear has. Do you know what the curse is? I think I know what it provides me, which is a something of a life link to Savaldi himself. So is it like a, a spirit trapped in the in the spear? I don't understand alternate dimensions well enough to know for sure whether or not there is an alternate dimension within the spear. But I did go to a place that was not necessarily here, and it was bigger than a spear. Wait, you, you, went some, you were here the whole time. You didn't go anywhere. I didn't. I don't necessarily mean physically. What did it look like? I was in the courtyard of a castle with kind of a watery blood covering the walkways. There were there were rose gardens around, and at the top of the staircase leading in, there was a entity that spoke to me as Savaldi's uh, representative. The moon was blood red and not necessarily unlike our own. It's just kind of hard to discern, and it was larger. And I don't know if that's from the distance or it being in a different moon entirely. I'm not sure. Well, what did this uh, what did this person that spoke to you look like? They were wearing scale mail that presented me with the, this little bit of information. Did they look human? Humanoid? Humanoid, yes. Human, m- maybe. It was kind of blood moon and all. Kind of dark. Do we really have the time to be taking on new villains? <laughs> For what it's worth, this was not my intention. I, I didn't expect that this would... You attuned to something called a blood spear. <laughs> There's a lot of weird stuff in this game. <laughs> <laughs> there are a wealth of oddities in this world that have strange names that maybe don't send you to an alternate reality to talk to a weird divine conqueror or something like that. But you couldn't buy one of those. You had to buy this one. I didn't know. I mean, we're not out of the city yet. Do you want to return it? Get our money back and your regular spear back? Or can you detune? Or us <laughs> <laughs> tune out, bro. At, at this point, I worry that's not an option. We could try. Yes, if the object is cursed in some way, it'll be quite difficult to unattune to it. And I kind of jingle my wrist behind my uh, <laughs> Well, I, I'll reiterate that the being I spoke with was very clear that the power I was given was not permanent. Sounds like a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded as though it would be limited, and I'm assuming... A reattunement would be acquired or required. Well, if you feel safe going forward, I, I say we just keep an eye on things, but if you're comfortable. I'm not. 
I'm not comfortable. Well, maybe you should attempt to unattune just to see what happens. Perhaps we try using it and see what happens. Let's maybe try the unattuning first. (laughs) The carriage eventually comes to a stop. There is some minor rocking and shuffling of the wagon until the door is opened. Toothless stands there with his chin to his chest and an arm gesturing to exit. Ah, thank you. I will exit. Excuse me. Hold on. Thanks for the ride, Toothless. Yes, thank you. It was a pleasure, Toothless. And as you exit the wagon without him ever saying a word, he hops back onto the top of the carriage and rides swiftly away. You find yourselves at the northwest gate of Athern. A rugged path splits and goes north along a large river. But your hike begins here into the mountains. The slopes of the Eslin Mountains are very rocky and dangerous. There are patches of greenery that rest in flat areas sporadically up the inclines. To explore the Eslin Mountains and search for the Necro Mountain, you will need to use your skills to navigate and survive this journey. To do that, we will be doing a skill challenge. Dean, I believe this will be your first skill challenge, so we will go over the rules. Each leg of the journey will represent three days of travel on foot. Each obstacle you come across will have a DC, but each of you must also find a way to get you, a party member, or multiple party members across for a success. So each challenge will require six or less successes, depending on if you can make it work for you and multiple teammates or not. If you fail on your skill, a minor mishap will occur to you. If you fail while attempting to get multiple people across, a major mishap will occur to someone random within that group. If a mishap requires the loss of HP, you cannot recover the HP through short or long rest during the skill challenge due to the strenuous conditions of this journey. After half a day's journey, your first difficult obstacle comes into view. At the top of a small peak, you look across a small valley to see it filled with rocky debris. Centuries, potentially millennia, of landslides and earthquakes have left this valley with brittle, cracked boulders, loose footholds, and potentially lightly balanced hollow coves beneath the debris. When you quiet down, you can slightly hear the sound of rushing water that might be beneath this area of broken ground. Secure footing across the valley is roughly 600 feet away. The DC for this challenge is 13. Give me initiatives. I'm just gonna start like looking around at the the sky and the foliage, I guess. Is it just like jagged rocks or is there any like plants or anything around? So the two mountains that this are on the other side of this valley, it's really jagged rocks that are really strong. And as you move forward towards the valley, just kind of test it and like place a foot on it. You notice that it's this rock that you step on, it basically just crumbles. Like it seems like it's just been like dry rotted if a rock could do that. It's almost like maybe these are like lava rocks and they've oh. been burned. 
you really don't know the area to know like how this could happen. And that is why I was going to look for some animals. <laughs> All right. Well, first up, we do have Kef. All right, guys, you got to be real careful out here. One false step and you could fall right through. I think there's cave systems under here or something. And I'll use my survival to uh, try to navigate us through this craggy valley. All right. Uh, go ahead and give me a survival check. Again, the DC is 13. Crit. All right. Two successes. Uh, you could take somebody with you if you'd like. Finch. Lucky me. All right. So, uh, Keth, you start moving forward, and Finch, you see that he's kind of guiding, and you start following his steps perfectly. And the two of you will say you're like a quarter of the way there right now, but in which you've succeeded. Uh, we will then move forward with Rokar. So, Keth and Finch have effectively just walked the path. Uh, yeah, it seems like Keth is guiding the way and like kind of testing rocks as he goes to make sure he's got sure footing. And Finch is following close behind. I would like to use my perception to do my best to follow Keth and Finch in their footsteps. And I'll be using my shield to give me advantage on the perception change. And what's, this is a, this is a magical shield, right? Yes. Okay, what's, is this got a name? I renamed it, so I can't give you the official name, okay. but it's Dean's Creepy Eye Shield. All right, all right, all right. So, sorry. <laughs> it's all good. Somewhere out there, listeners, there somewhere. is a magical shield that gives you advantage on perceptions, and that's what he's using. 10 and a 9. Rough. Uh, so, 10, that means a minor mishap will happen. Take me. Take me now. I need you to roll a d6 for me. Four. So as you're walking, trying to follow these footsteps that Finch is following on Keth, it's kind of like a game of telephone where you think you're hearing the right thing, but really he's stepping just a little off from where Keth was, which is making you step even further off. And because of that, you twist your ankle as you step on a area and you kind of fall to your right and a jagged rock just kind of jams into your thigh. It does seven damage to you. And you have not succeeded, so whenever we get through the initiative order, we will come back to you for another round. And after Rokar, we then move on to Felomir. Uh, how uh, far, how much jagged rock is there in front of us? Uh, it's a 600-foot gap. Great. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, I'm going to see Rokar eat shit. <laughs> and I want to kind of, like... Gauge, can I gauge how much he weighs? With his belongings, if he was if he stayed at 185, then we'll say roughly 240. Okay. Oh, well, hold on, hold on there, buddy. Let me let me pick you up there. And you know what, Doroth? I think I can help you too. And I'm gonna begin ritual casting Tensor's floating disc. Okay. So I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna be like, all right, hop on. See? Doesn't it follow you though? Yeah. Okay. I'm walking. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, I get what you're doing though. You're I'm using a spell. Him. Yes. So you carry two of them, and then you will just walk across with a spell check. Correct. All right. I like it. Good Good call. That is a 16. The DC is 13, so you are good. This gets you, Doroth, and Brokar across with ease. All right. You guys hang on. And I start sluggishly moving my way <laughs> forwards. And I like to think that while this is happening and we're going across on the disc, I'm just like staring back at Astro like, uh, <laughs> 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 don't mess up. Bye. And that leaves us with one remaining, Astra. Hey, Oystrich, uh, you're rather light. Do you want to scout ahead and I'll uh, get a closer look at all these rocks and see, see the vulner vulnerable points? Okay, Astra, yeah, I can do that. Uh, charisma save. 
All right. Nice. I thought maybe animal handling was about to be used, but I guess you don't have that. I'm not proficient. Yeah, so I guess Chris was saying then. <laughs> you don't have anything else you want to Sweet do. talk, I meant to. Yeah, uh, you're light. You'll be safe. You're like, you're like winking too, right? <laughs> that is a... 23. All right. So with the DC, the 13, uh, you do manage to make this work with Oysters' help. And you basically just follow Keth and Finch and Felomir's footsteps while Oysters kind of follows them in between. You probably overtake us at some point, too. <laughs> All six of you successfully get across this valley of crumbled rocks. Eventually, you come to the end of your first day, and you have your first night of rest on the journey. You all leisurely wake up and begin to pack your gear. As you prep for the day and sit down to eat rations, Finch, you notice that the whites of Rokar's eyes are no longer blood red. Hey, you're, you're looking a little better today. Your, your eyes have kind of cleared up. I feel like I'm feeling a little better, too. A little bit more like myself. Less hazy. Do you think maybe you've, like detuned or whatever or I didn't detune because it kind of we just kind of started doing stuff yeah so officially no maybe though I don't know well, did you have any more visions in your sleep I'm gonna assume no no I did not have any more visions in my sleep the spear is still on him yeah it looks normal yep later that day on your journey you come across what feels like a dead end. There's an 80-degree cliff face that stands right in front of you. It's very wide, almost an entire side of a mountain. From what you can tell, it is a 150-foot climb. To avoid the obstacle, you can turn back and go around. However, it will add a day to your journey, and you will each take a minor or major mishap. The DC for this challenge is a 14, and I will take initiatives. First up, we have Kath again. Oh, this this will be easy to climb up. Hey, Dorth, come here. I'm gonna pick up Dorth. I'm gonna put take off my turtle shell backpack and then pick Dorth up and put him in the backpack. <laughs> and it, I'll just say, I know I know you would have a little bit of trouble climbing up this, so just come with me. And uh, do you consent, Dorth? <laughs> you know what? I'm actually not gonna turn this down because that's a, a long way for a little man to climb. Keth, might I suggest you take? A great deal of rope with you on your climb. Sure, like the rope you bought? Yes, like the rope I bought. Okay. I thought it would be useful, and it seems as though it will be. <laughs> <laughs> and how much length was there? I have 100 feet. I have 50 feet. Perfect. It appears as though this cliff is 150 feet in height. It's almost perfect. <laughs> well, all right, well, give me your ropes. And I chuck Keth my rope. All right, y'all tying these two, uh, yeah. these three together. So I'll need two uh, rope checks, which are going to be dexterity saves. How do we handle that? Given there's Whoever a rotation. Whoever wants to do it. Oh, I got it. <laughs> are y'all gonna let? Oh, I guess it's happening. <laughs> I rolled an eight. Motherfucker, <laughs> dude. <laughs> the first set of rope that Felomir picks up and starts to tie, he takes it and tugs on it. Looks good to him, with his elderly strength. When was the last time you tied a knot, Felomir? No, 
<laughs> I don't really recall. Yeah, man, it's good looking rope. Great, great knot tying. Oh, thank you. One of my specialties. I'll at least tie the grappling hook to the end of a rope. I'll uh, take the rope and the grappling hook and I'll take the coil of rope and just put it around Dorth like a <laughs> giant necklace or something. <laughs> and then just hook the grappling hook like on the, the side of the backpack. All right, so there was only one tie, so I guess you could be, when we get to it, uh, while he's climbing and it's somebody's turn, they could tie the second and third together when we get there. But first, we'll need a climb check, an athletics. Oh, you're doing athletics, you said? Yes, and, and during this time, like as they've been tying the rope, I've been preparing my climbing gear. All right. Uh, so that I can easily scale this. So using climbing gear with athletics? I am. So that'll be advantage. Double 18, that's a 26. All right, so you are easily climbing, and Doroth, you watch down below as you see yourself getting higher and higher. And we are now on to your turn, Doris. So, should I? You don't have to do anything because he's bringing you up there, but you are technically next, so I figured I'd give you a chance to do anything that you'd like. I'm actually not going to do anything. I don't right. know why, like, he wouldn't do anything here, so. All right. Yeah. So then we now move on to Finch. So let me wait till Keth and Doris get to the top. Then I'm going to, I guess, just use a strength check to also start to climb. Okay, so I, the third rope's not attached yet. Okay, so well, if, he get, if he does get to the top, there will be 50 feet missing of rope from top to ground. So I've still got to tie this rope? Somebody does. Can I, so I can t I can focus on tying the rope before, and then that can be my turn. Yeah, you can focus on tying the second and third rope together if you'd like. Dexterity, that's a good one for tying a rope, right? Uh, tying a rope will be a dexterity saving throw. That's what I'm going to do. Crit. Mm, all right. Nice. Uh, Double success. So because it's a double success, I was still going to make you climb. So we'll just say that you have successfully climbed up along with this tying of the rope. Cool. Or actually. Oh, God. <laughs> actually. <laughs> push your glasses up. Once so as you tie the second and third rope together, as Keth and Doroth are climbing, Keth finally gets to the top and he secures. All right, guys. It's all good. You can come up now. And you start climbing. And as you get to the first knot, you notice that the slack that was put in the knot is basically slowly coming undone as you're on the rope 100 feet up. So you quickly grab onto the first rope that Keth has at the top, and you one-handedly try and tighten it, and you successfully do it. Oh, shit. What's up, dude? And now you climb the rest of the way, and you're at the top with Keth and Doroth, which brings us to Rokar. I would like to use my hand skill to and legs to climb the rope that's there. Your hand skill and legs. <laughs> yes, hand and leg skill. Because so you use the legs a little bit. Strength so, save? Proficient in hand. You have a strength save. Yes, I do. I'll use my strength save, I guess. All right. So go ahead and give me the strength save. This is this, not advantage. Does he get an advantage for using the rope? Though? Nope. 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 Oh. Well, why do we do that? <laughs> can I? Because it's a way to get up. You say you get advantage with items. Can I just use my spear to get advantage? Does that work? Yeah, I guess I'll give you advantage. I'm kidding. No, don't. I'll give you advantage you for the rope. I'm trying to twist your arm. No, it makes sense. Steven's right. There's no reason to take the rope if I didn't give you advantage for it. So advantage with the street safe. That is a 21. All right. So you climb the rope to the top. Now we come to Astra. Well, I was going to use my sleight of hand to throw everybody some potions, but <laughs> here we are. There, climb it, girl. Or fly, whatever. 
I use a con saving throw to give myself resolve while climbing because I'm not a strong person whatsoever, but all of my friends just did it. So I'm trying to prove myself here. All right. So go ahead and give me a con save with advantage. Hell yeah. That's going to be 25. That is a success against the DC of 14. Yes. You have successfully climbed the rope to the top of the mountain. Boy. Which brings us to the remaining person at ground level, which will be Felomir. Who has spider climb. Oh, man. I forgot about that guy. I've already used a spell, right? Oh. Oh, <laughs> you can only use a spell, a spell once? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Oh. However, I, uh, I gaze up at the bottom of this 150-foot climb and see all of my strong young companions <laughs> who've left me behind. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to grab onto the rope and I'm going to use my charisma saving throw. <laughs> Say, uh, you, I'm, I'm feeling a little tired down here. Could you guys just maybe hoist hoist me up? I and mean... you can repeat saving throws, right? Uh, yeah, everybody okay. gets their own set of saving throws. Okay. So. Oh, cool. Be, uh, be some deers and lift me on up, please. <laughs> We gotta be deers now. So, uh, are you gonna be holding on to this rope? Mm-hmm. You're not gonna tie it to yourself with your He's own. Not with yeah, your own? Not. He's not good at that. Why would you ask? That is my work. I just wanted to have you do it. Dude, just to get him like almost <laughs> to the top, just for his not to slip and fall. <laughs> All right, so charisma save. That's gonna be a 13. Ooh. You're rolling a lot of threes over here. I am. Three threes in a row, I believe. <laughs> All right. You uh, are holding on to the rope, and they are easily able to just start pulling you up. Any day now. <laughs> but 20 feet up, you just can't hold on anymore. Your frail body's just not doing it. And so you lose grip, and you start to fall, and a minor mishap happens. How far away is he? A minor mishap. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, since I failed charisma, they were just not going to lift me. <laughs> All right, I'll walk around, I guess. They couldn't hear you. Uh, so give me a d6 roll, please. Six. You take 17 damage from the fall. Damn. My hip. Used a reaction. <laughs> Feather fall reaction. No, Deidre, this is a skill challenge, not combat. All right, I guess try again. <laughs> uh, so another Christmas save, I guess. Oh, I keep, I keep going. I guess you're the, like you're the only one down there now. It's your turn. Put some mumph behind it this time. <laughs> <laughs> like it's our fault. <laughs> it's a twenty-seven. All right, you learned your lesson this time with your grip, and you kind of coil the rope around your wrist, and despite the the weight, kind of. Uh, dampening and cutting off the blood circulation to your hand, you deal with it because you definitely don't want to take another fall and uh, they successfully get you to the top. The thin skin around his hand and wrist from the rope is just so bruised when he gets <laughs> up. <laughs> Nothing a little magical healing. <laughs> but not during but not this. Right but now. not right now. <laughs> At the end of today, y'all begin to camp again. You fall asleep, and then the next day, Rokar, your eyes aren't bloodshot or anything like that, but you feel just drained, tired. You have taken a level in exhaustion. That means until the exhaustion is removed, you have disadvantage on all ability checks during a skill challenge. <laughs> Hell yeah. Did that dude sell me crack? Is that what it was? <laughs> he sold me crack, huh? The guy sold me crack. Okay, cool. Good to know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. This is 
I'm uncharacteristically exhausted. Come on, dog. You got this. And I'm kind of like I'm nudge not. him in the shoulder. Like, we only got like, what? We're at like halfway, maybe, kind of? I don't Do you really know? No. I don't know. But I know you. You got this. Come on. Perk I'll, yourself up. I'll do my best, and I hope it works like that. <laughs> Eat a ration. I'm going to say, uh, just uh, from a character standpoint, Doroth is avoiding Rokar because of the whole Keth thing that happened. And, like, when Keth would, like, transform into okay. the fire giant land, he was just like, uh. When he saw that shit happening, he was like, oh, here we go again. Not another one. <laughs> Don't talk to Not that dude. Not another one. Uh. All right. So we'll carry on with a level of exhaustion. Uh, I'm going to just kind of on a whim hold my spear in my hand okay. and see what that does. So you take hold of it in your hand. Nothing changes. Nothing feels different. I'm going to... I don't want to eat up an hour of everyone's time. I mean, it's without... the morning. that Everybody's in their own routines right now, so... Okay. So I'm going to take the spear and I guess try attunement again. All right. You all see Rokar take the spear, go and sit cross-legged on the ground. And he takes the spear and puts it in his hand. And he goes into that same state of meditation with the attunement ritual where... He seems gripped and panicked, and sweat is beaming down his forehead, and his eyes glaze over with a red coating. And then Rokar, you see that same familiar scene in the courtyard, and the armor-plated person walks out and says, Again, will you take arms for the Lord of Uvestra? I've already told you yes. I need you to roll a d100 for me. 79. The power has been granted to you through Savaldi's blood spear. For a short period, your blood will be linked to theirs. I need a long period. And then it cuts away. Longer, longer. <laughs> Not like three days, dude. Come on, man. <laughs> You come out of your meditation of your attunement. Again, the whites of your eyes are blood red. Nothing else seems different. Like, is it a little easier this time? Also, your exhaustion is gone. You feel rejuvenated. No, I just, I just mean like last time I was sweating and panting. And is it like a little like um, you? You kind of expected it, so you're not in so much of a mental panic, but you are sweating and out of breath. I hope nobody saw that. No, we all saw uh, that. Yeah. I was in a tent. No, I didn't say that, but I was in a tent. <laughs> so. <laughs> You, yeah, you, you have to attune to it a, a second time? I thought that, Philip, didn't you just attune once? I don't think I've attuned before, I, but... I thought you were unattuning to it. The the thing is, I, it, I think I felt wrong. I felt wrong. I didn't feel like me. I kind of felt like I needed it. I don't like the spear for you. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound too good. Can you undo a hex? I definitely can. Because if you can't, I feel like I need it at the very least to get up the mountain. Maybe once we're at the top, I can detox. But <laughs> for now, I feel like I'm going to die if I don't reattune. Well, did you ever try unattuning? I did unattune, at least to, based on the way my body felt. I kind of <laughs> felt like I didn't really. I kind of unattuned. Remember when I was saying that it was a limited usage sort of deal? Yes. I Yeah. But that's you didn't perform the unattunement ritual. No, I didn't. I just kind of feel like I felt I fell out of favor. 
Okay. This guy needs constant reaffirmation. <laughs> I don't like the sound of this spear. The the whole blood armor thing. Again, I don't really love it either, but this is the world that we're living in. Well, perhaps when we get back to Arthur and we can speak to one of the spirit speakers. I'd like to try before that even. That'd be cool. <laughs> like, and again, at the top of the mountain, once we've passed all these trials, you know, climbing rock faces and whatnot, it would be cool. But when I woke up this morning, I felt like a shell of myself. Yeah, you look like a shell of yourself. Makes sense because I'm me. So I can't believe how much we paid for this thing. We... I hope. Did you? Oh shit! I forgot. About that. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, I didn't know the book didn't say anything. The, the lemon. The, we got sold the player, a lemon. That player's handbook didn't say anything about every three days. Okay, I don't know. Well, if you insist on reattuning, I guess I, I can't stop you. You do feel better for as long as I feel that is necessary. I will continue to do it. And as soon as I feel it is not necessary, I will, I promise I will try to stop. As long as you recognize you have a problem. I do <laughs> recognize that I have an issue that I'm, <laughs> I or we will have to deal with in the near future. I think that it's the first step. And, and now there's only 11 steps left. I think. <laughs> the next time we all sleep in my lemon hut, you can't come in. <laughs> I, I understand. But also, I feel like you're kind of being accepting of one guy's problem and not the other guy's very similar problem. Hey! We're, brother, we're brothers from a different mother, you and I. I'm just just pointing out the obvious. I need to protect my things. Again, fire giant guy. But that's fine. I'll make you your own limit. I, ha I have a tent, I think, probably. Sure. Spores back? Yes. That'll work. Almost a week into hiking, you decide to stop your hike earlier in the afternoon than usual. I'm assuming that you will continue attuning whenever you feel. Yeah, but I want to get angrier as time goes on with the the guy that I didn't even get his name. So we, we got to role play it every time? We don't have to, but I'd like to at least be like, hey, you can tell me your name and give me more than three days. <laughs> as you attempt to get angrier and get more information out of him, he continues to basically repeat that Lord Savaldi will not entertain reluctance, basically leaving you. It's never been reluctance. I'm committed at this point. I just lit like five days would be cool. You know, anything more than three. He basically will not answer any questions. The angrier you get, the angrier he gets. What's my distance from him the next time I'm in the <laughs> courtyard? Oh, no. I mean, if you want to run at him, we can attempt I'm that. I'm going to cast Maximilian's Earth and Grass. <laughs> are, are we sure you want to do Jimmy that? Jack the shit out of this guy. Are we sure you want to do that? No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> don't think it's going to go well, fighting a guy in my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> it never does. So you will continue attuning? Yeah. Whenever you for, feel bad? For the duration of When you feel this. bad or whenever you do it every day? Whenever I feel bad for the duration of this. Okay. So I need two more D100 rolls. Oh, my God. Can't you just take the last ones? <laughs> they were pretty good. Well, I will point out also that the last time you rolled, he said nothing seems different. Dave can be sneaky like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some shit's almost most definitely different. <laughs>
But I can't. I can't know that as you know a player. I can't know that. Right, so. well, you you'll know, but. All right. So I got it. One ninety three. All right. And then a seventy five. All right. Nothing seems to have changed in the state of things after your attunement. Dope. Other than the eyes, they're back to. They're just still. Every time you attune, the whole blood whole red. day, they're blood, blood red. red until then. Cool. At this point, like we were talking earlier, uh, you're a week into the hiking. You've decided to stop earlier in the afternoon. You're very tired and fatigued. This journey is proving to be quite difficult, almost as difficult as the desert journey back in Laron. And your morale is low. And as almost all of you hang your heads low and just keep reminding yourself to put one foot in front of the other. So here, you each take your parts in setting up a camp. And looking up the mountain range, you continue to climb in elevation from mountain to mountain. Despite the arid, hot, and dry nature of Athern, snow is starting to come into view. With this break in your journey, skills will be reset, so you can reuse things you as a team have already used. Your spell usage, however, does not reset. As you settle in and relax, Doroth, a voice pops up in your head. Doroth! God! Jesus! I wanted to let you and your team know that I have successfully tested the orbs of the Chaos Portal. Oh, really? The device is stable. Goodbye! Why'd you make that noise, Doroth? I really didn't appreciate how jarring it can be when I do that, so I apologize. But I got a message in my head. It was from Chism Rhythm. He said that uh, he's done the testing with the, the portal and the orbs and all, and he said it's stable. Yes! Then we can take the fight of Orin then. Perfect. Hoorah. <laughs> <laughs> Rokar gets it. <laughs> well, that's great news, Doroth. Yeah, uh, hopefully that gets us somewhere once we get back. Thank you for experiencing the uncomfortable sensation of someone talking in your head for us. That's very kind of you. It, it's the least I could do. <laughs> At this point, you each fall asleep and rest so that you can continue your journey. Continuing up the slopes, the snow is becoming more prevalent, but it isn't holding. This is causing large streams and waterfalls in the area. And along your travels, you follow what seems like a solid, naturally made path on the side of a mountain. It seems like it was naturally cut by water, but it is dry now. It has an elevated rock wall on the left and the mountain on the right. When you make your way around a bend, you see how it was made. In front of you, along this natural mountainside ditch, the ground has caved in, and a water path is now a waterfall. You will need to find dry ground above to continue forward. Turning back is also an option to find another path, but this will add multiple days to your journey, and each of you will take a minor or major mishap. The DC for this challenge is 15, and y'all can discuss what you would like to do to move forward. We have to scale the waterfall, like, uh, effectively. It's more like... You're on a ledge, a mountain ledge, mm -hmm. and that ledge has caved in. Okay. And the waterfall is on that ledge you're at. Okay. What's the gap in this, in the, in between the waterfall and, I guess? Uh, we'll say 20 feet. 20 feet. Okay. And it's not like an intense waterfall or anything. It's, it's like ankle deep and kind of going fast down the mountain. 
So basically find a way to get through the waterfall to the other ledge. If you want to go up the water, sure, to continue up the path, but... I mean, like across. You would have to go through the waterfall to get across the, to the other gap, right? Or through the gap. Yeah, if you if you wanted to get on the path where the ankle-deep water's at, then yeah, you'd have to get the 20-foot gap, which is where the waterfall is. So, I mean, I guess I could draw it if you wanted. But yeah, it's little, little, little little sketch. Sketch. Yeah, draw it. Maybe some 2D Mario. Okay, that's, that's kind of what so I So we have to jump. It's there feet. is a gap where we will fall. Well, I don't know if you want to be on the water. If you want to be on the water, sure. What is being on the water? Jumping this gap and being in the water. But what I was thinking you would probably want to do is just kind of climb the mountain higher up and not be on the path anymore. Okay, so the path ends and there is a hole that we have to jump. Correct. Okay, that's what I wanted to know. But you don't have to jump. Correct. But if we wanted to get across, we would have to jump. Yes. So that gap to the, or do something else. On the waterfall side, to the right, there is the mountain and to the left is a rock face. Yeah, so it's like a water stream kind of cut along the edge of the mountain and created like a rock wall on the cliff side. Does it look like there's maybe relatively safe passage upward and to the right towards the mountain. Yeah. Uh, like the mountain above you, like the mountain wall above you, it's not covered in water or anything, just, you know, rocks and snow. Well, we all have our climbing gear, right? Uh, I don't think our potions of climbing would help us here since it's so slippery. But perhaps we could use our pitons or I have a few spell scrolls of flying. What do you guys think? The flying sounds convenient. Or can people carry people flying? Yeah. I mean, I mean carry weights yeah. the same as, yeah. Your carry weight doesn't change if you can fly. Yeah. Carry as much as you can carry. If you so can it could be a strength save. You could take the three strongest and, you know, the strongest takes the <laughs> heaviest and then the weakest takes the lightest. We could turn this into just basically strength saves for three people. Which is Dorothway. Since I'm not one pound anymore. Oh. <laughs> Peabag can carry somebody. He's no, 40 he carried, pounds. He carried Dorth when he was one pound. Oh, yeah. right. You're right. You're right. I'm 40 pounds, by the way. What What do you guys think about me casting Shatter on the rock face ahead of the waterfall to try and stop the water? Then we could perhaps cross the gap. That sounds like it might turn into an avalanche. Potentially. Just a thought. Well, we still nah, have a, I'm not married to it. We still have a gap to cross. Well, I do have my mini mining mitt. I could at least make one ledge pop out for us to help get us across. If simply climbing is a better option, I'm open to that. I'm just spitballing. I mean, I like the fly idea. Yeah, I might could carry... I mean, I could carry Doris and probably you, Felomir. That would be great. I don't know how I'm going to get across otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> We could pull you up with rope. No spider climb? Yeah, but it doesn't work on slippery surfaces. Uh. Um, yeah, Keth, here's a spell scroll and Rokar, Finch. One of y'all can pick me up or, you know, I can pick you up. Whatever's convenient. <laughs> now, how do I use this thing as I unfurl it? <laughs> All right, so who's carrying who first? I'm carrying these two. Okay, so I've got these three spell scrolls. That'll take us roughly an hour. I mean, we could really, I mean, we don't have to go across. We can just go up. 
PVAC could take Oystritz, just scout ahead and, you know, find the best path up and where we need to land. I think that's a fantastic idea. Uh, PVAC. Oh. Okay, so... What? <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, listeners, just so you know, Dean doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> listen, I'm on episode one. Okay, okay I'm getting there. So, PVAC, you, you know Oystritch, right? No, no. Okay, so... Wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'll look at film here. Was two no's a no? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? I, so there's... <laughs> the sisters of Solomon. <laughs> so so Astra has this mouse. His name's Oystrich, and they can speak telepathically. And so I want you to hold on to Oystrich real nice and tight and safe, and y'all are going to fly up ahead of us and... Make sure you give us the, you know, the best path forward up this mountain, and Oystridge will communicate with Astra, so we know, you know, how to follow you guys best. No, no. Perfect. And I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm, gonna I'm gonna raise like whatever, like <laughs> pretending he's on my wrist like a falcon. I'll just kind of shoot it up, and he'll fly off. Well, I guess he's I'll, gotta get. The I'll throw Oystridge like he's a tree. <laughs> oh, God, Jesus. J.K. Lol. <laughs> All right, so PVAC flies over to your shoulder, Astro, and picks up Oystrich. Whoa! <laughs> Have fun, buddy. What am I doing? You're going to look for a safe path. We we can only fly for about an hour, so you and PVAC are going to scout ahead and try to find a safe spot for us to land. But what's a safe path? Use your little mouse brain to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> We're dealing with a lot of ice and, and slippery surfaces, so... Just something that looks stable. Something that looks like it could hold all of our weight. Maybe a good campsite. Okay. Oh, uh, well, I see a lot of big boulders. I see some rocks. Some of them are kind of spiky. I don't know if that's a good one. Maybe maybe a smooth, hard surface. Ooh, there's a cave. Okay. Could be promising or it could be very dangerous. Considering we can fly for an hour, I don't think they've gone far enough. <laughs> I would hate to get into a cave that's like 200 feet up the rock face. We can fly for an hour. Yeah. I don't think they've technically said they took off yet, so I still almost got a picture of Oysters with his head yeah. popped up. Like, There's a cave over there. <laughs> well, if I didn't say they took off, they took off. <laughs> well, keep looking. We're, we're going to be right behind you, and I'll, I'll let you know when is a good time to you know scout the area. Okay, so I'm just going to be here in the yeah, sky. enjoy the view. As a mouse. <laughs> this is so ridiculous. Smell the roses. What roses? It's just rocks. <laughs> What's the range of the telepathy on Find Familiar? That's 100 feet. 100 feet, somewhere around there. Yep. <laughs> just immediately out of range. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm just loving how... Uh, like still I have done nothing <laughs> in any of these skill challenges so because find familiar's telepathy ends at 100 feet all of a sudden Oystrich is unable to communicate with you Oystrich are you there I'll just start yelling Oystrich come back <laughs> I'll maybe start to see that she's a little frantic about not being able to contact Oystrich I would assume so I'll back And then I'll do like a big whistle, which I don't know how to do in real uh, life. Give me an animal handling. Five. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
So I believe at this point, Pivak and Oysterich are having their own little journey. <laughs> Dude, please do when you're fucking like 10 minutes side oh, episodes. <laughs> the fucking there, homeward bound shit. Just up there in silence with just the wind. Just... <laughs> it works out really well because you do both voices, so yeah. you don't need any that's, of us for that's it. That's true, yeah. Like this little oddball road trip. <laughs> like... On the next cutscene of the four orbs. Okay, guys, I... I... I didn't realize that my connection to Oysterich has has a range, so uh, let's let's go ahead and go so that we can catch up to them. Yeah, and Pivak's just not listening for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> not listening to me. He's he's better than this. I, he's acting out. Maybe maybe Doris could could reach out. I could. Uh, which which one am I trying to reach? Uh, e- e- whichever is easier. I can attempt to contact Oysterich. Just give me a second. <laughs> Incoming. Message for Oystrich. Where are you? Doris. You get no message returned to you. I'm getting silence here. Uh, okay, I think we should just take off. All right, let's go. All right, so who's carrying who? I'll carry Astra. All right. I'll carry old man. All right. Doris, you want to come with me? Absolutely. Let's do this. All right, so Keth. Finch and Rokar give me strength saves. 26. 15. Critical 28. Awesome. All right. So the three of you that are flying now pick up your passengers and you start to fly off. Astra does Titanic <laughs> arms. We. I forgot how much fun this was. <laughs> and as you take off, you look into the distance and you do see Pivak and Oystrich kind of loop down into like a valley. They seem to just be scouting the area far ahead. So you fly and you're trying to catch up to PVAC. You look off in the distance and you do see in the on the horizon in the mountain range the highest peak of the mountain and you start flying that direction. And eventually, you hear in your head, Astra. Hey, Astra, I, uh, I found a nice little soft spot here. It's flat. Can you hear me? I haven't heard you for a minute. Hey, yeah, sorry. I, I didn't realize that you had to be in close proximity to me to be able to talk. Uh, soft spot? What, what do you mean soft? Yeah, it's flat and there's some snow. We're here. Do I see them? Give me perception check. Fourteen. All right, so yeah, you do see a small flat area of snow, and then you look into the center of it, and you do see Pivak and Oystrich just standing there in the middle of it. And how long has it been? Uh, we'll say it's towards the end of the flight. Fifty-nine minutes. Okay. Um, it does it seem stable for us to land? I think so. Okay. Uh, let's let's head over this way, guys. Okay. All right, and then y'all land in this small, flat area of snow, and it is secure. It's about knee height of powdered snow, though, so it's up to your chest, probably, Doris. Yeah. And uh, it's beginning to become nightfall, so you set up camp. You camp at the spot that Oystrich and Pivak found the next morning. Do you attune? Did I not already do all my attunations? It's another day. Did I have to attune twice yesterday? Uh, it was. It's multiple days that I was doing. Oh, okay. Um, then 
Yeah, I feel like I kind of have to. All right, go ahead and give me the D100 unless you want to roleplay it. Does he look crazy every time? He has the bloodshot eyes. And he, it seems like he's getting calmer as he comes out of the attunement. Like he's not as panicked. 78. All right, so yeah, everything's good. Do I happen to have noticed that he was doing it, I guess? Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody has their like hourly things they have to do in the morning to get yeah. to get going, and that seems to be something he's doing every day now. I'm just going to mention as he comes out of it, you look like you're getting used to it. It definitely feels like it's getting easier. I just wish it was getting longer, too, but I guess a lot of guys probably dream about that. Yeah, yeah. I just I wonder if that's a, a good thing or not. <sighs> <laughs> oh, Deeny Weenie. You would say that. <laughs> and then you set off and start your journey, knowing the direction you need to go for the tallest mountain in the mountain range. You climb. You climb, and you climb. Powdered snow just cakes to every bit of your leg. It's on your hands and up your forearms whenever you have to get on all fours to get up certain areas. And eventually, you make it to the top of the Necrol Mountain. The frigid air kind of keeps you focused. And at the top of this mountain, you find an unusually flat area. You help each other up onto the ledge, and then you collapse and you breathe heavily. At this point, you take a look around. This flat area around you leads to a large set of open doors. The doors are 30 feet high and are open, opened towards you. A pile of snow has built up in front and around the open doors. The snow's height declines into the mountaintop cave or room wherever this door leads to. The flat area around you seems to be man-made as it's perfectly flat and it stretches 50 feet from you in both directions. From the ledge where you stand to the doors, it's roughly 100 feet. I don't think that's a good sign. As I look at the doors. It's never been a good sign. I don't trust it. But then again, we've come all this way. We should just be on guard as we approach. For sure. I'll get my shield and hand axe ready. All right. As you approach the open doors, the angle of the doors and your approach allows you to see that there is an inscription engraved on the outside of the doors. Inside, it is dark. Those without dark vision can't see anything inside. Those with dark vision can see that it leads to a large stone hallway that goes beyond your sight. Felomir, with your devil sight, you can see the hallway continues for a while until it opens up to a large chamber but you can't see anything at ground level because of the piled up snow. And at this point, Keth, as you get about halfway towards the door in the center of this flat area, you feel just kind of unnerved. Like something seems to be like linked to you. I'm just kind of stop for a second and and pause uh, in my tracks and (sighs) something doesn't feel right, guys. Well, you already said that. No, this is different than just looking at it, saying we need to be careful. I feel something right now. I'm going to take a couple of steps away from Kev. <laughs> like you feel something on the other side of this door? 
I... I feel almost some sort of connection to this place. I don't like it. Can I continue on to where Keth is standing? Sure. Uh, yeah, you move forward and you don't feel any different than where you stood 10 feet back. Do you think it has to do with your orcish like race or is it more, it's just about the, you know? I'm not sure. I mean, th- this stands as a trial for your people, right? It is. So maybe you have some sort of bond to this place that we do not. Perhaps. I'm not experiencing any strange feelings other than, you know, withdrawal. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless, we need to keep going. It's dark for everyone except for people with dark vision, right? Yeah, inside. Well, it's even kind of dark for the people with dark vision. It's really Felomir that can see a lot. Okay. Um, in that case, I will cast daylight just so that everybody can see. I'll just put it on my shield and have my shield in front of me. Okay. And uh, you start to move forward again. Yeah. Uh, and you said there was an inscription on the door? Yes, there is an inscription on both doors as you kind of like approach moving side by side, but you can't really read it from this angle because they're open. I would like to, as we approach the door, go inspect okay. just the left door, whichever one. The left door. Here you go. Oh, what's this say here? <laughs> what does it say, Philomir? Uh What you see in front of you, Philomir, is a very rough dialect of common. Very rough indeed. <laughs> Could you read it for us? I can try. <laughs> Pondor. Yeah, you get why I laughed whenever you man said old, that. You old, dang old <laughs> thing, man, dang. Protectors of Aesis. <laughs> something, something, entries to the, the, something, something, the war with do. <laughs> You can't laugh, Dave. You wrote this. You should have seen this coming. <laughs> something, something like the beacon of two Grixolis. Grixolis. That's what it says, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, that, look, that looks like Grixolis, yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> effect, afflictions have a warning. The open spent for something, something, something. Okay, so wait, th- this is in common? I think I can. I, th- I can read common. Let, let me let me take a look at this thing. Have at it. God damn, dude! Can I, can I look at it with him? Yeah, so. I mean, everybody can look. Keth's just gonna stand kind of in the doorway on guard, okay. just staring in the darkness. It's on the other door as well. I'll make my way to the right door. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, ah, silly me! I'm just gonna start bouncing back and forth. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. They go together. Okay. <laughs> Don't open. Dead wow. <laughs> or don't dead open it. <laughs> it's still not easy to read. <laughs> I might make it worse. Protectors of Asus have something. Bear, bear, banished? Banished? Oh, yeah, that's good. Probably banished. The enemy. Enem, mm, to, yeah, the. Er, enter? Entries? <laughs> Entries to the other realms. Realms after the war with Dorla. Cool, cool. Entering with... Will. Entering will light the beacon... Of the open passage. Of the open passage to Grixolis. Wait, so it's saying if we walk in, it reactivates the portal? Is that what it said? It says entering will light the beacon of the open passage to Grixolis. Okay. Use it in a sentence. Uh, I don't know what that word is. Be... 
That's a B. Just spell it out. It's, it's <laughs> not. It's not that help. easy, Rokar. <laughs> you need. You needed more copies of this, Dave. Oh, no. Yeah, you do. I know my husband's handwriting. Give that to me. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling this isn't normal. Handwriting. <laughs> All right, the first word looks like potatoes. <laughs> Good start. I love potatoes. Potatoes of ace. This is not your handwriting, David. Protectors no, this is my handwriting. of aces have biochemical. What? But Michael. <laughs> what did you say this was? Banished? That's what I'm going to name my son. Ban- I said banished. Ban- it I looks was, like banished. That's my guess. With a C-H. Bandaged. Besmirched. Besmirched. So I'm guessing no one has comprehend languages. <laughs> I think I do. No, I just because did, I thought... didn't occur to me to try and comprehend language, actually. <laughs> yeah, Dave, I thought Tolomir did. He did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> he right. didn't do it, though. The entries to the other probes. Maybe you guys are just too used to hanging out with the upper crust of, of society to read such a rough thing or whatever that is uh, let me try and I will use comprehend language oh guys it says <clears throat> protectors of aces have barricaded the entries to the other realms after the war with Warla. entering will light the beacon of the open passage to Rixolis be warned of your intention hmm all actions have a reaction. This sounds like a threat. Despite our warning to open the doors, you must speak in one of the ancient tongues. Veil of Darkness. Was that signed by the Veil of Darkness? That's what it looks like. Cool. So I'm guessing we must say Veil of Darkness in one of the ancient tongues? To open the doors? I, I don't know. I'm just These reading doors what look it says. open to me. There's nothing lit up inside. No beacon or anything. What is the ancient tongues? What are those? Which ones are those? Uh, you can give me a history check with disadvantage. All right, man. <laughs> well, we came here to see if there was an open portal. And this inscription implies that portals open if the doors are open, right? So, I believe so. 18. You only know of one ancient language. And... You only you only guess it really. You don't really know for sure if it is, but uh, the Elven tongue of Sylvan is an ancient tongue. I mean, does anybody know any ancient tongues? Is like Sylvan? Is that one? Sylvan's pretty old. I actually know Sylvan. <laughs> yep. Is there another piece of paper for me to read? <laughs> no. It it says to you know it says to speak in the ancient tongues. Like yeah, no. It, it, everything Dor said is right. That that's what it says. D- can you speak Sylvan? You speak Sylvan yeah. like a like a vacationer's like uh, Qualis to Telefono. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do you know what the the bathroom is? That sort of stuff, or can you say what's on the door? I mean, yeah, no, I can read what's on the door pretty clearly if that's what you want. Okay. I mean, what's on the door is in common. It's just an old dialect of common. And all it says is, despite our warning to open the doors. You must speak in one of the ancient tongues and say what you got to speak. What think- was it about actions and reactions? All actions have reactions. What if you just say Veil of Darkness in Sylvan? I speak Veil of Darkness in Sylvan out loud. All right. As you speak Veil of Darkness out loud in Sylvan, nothing happens. Ah, oh, damn. 
Berla. What What are the other ones? They got you know the other ones. What did What did you say? Elmir? I just said Veil of Darkness and Sylvan. Well, it says something about actions. Do we have to speak our actions? What we intend? In Sylvan, I'll say, door open. Nothing happens. Guys, I think someone may have beaten us here. Yes, the doors are already open. Portal, activate. <laughs> no, we don't want to activate the portal. Oh, wait, you said that in Sylvan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing seems to happen as you speak these tongues. I'm not getting anything over here. The, one of you magic people, can you send, like, a, a, your sight inside somehow with a spell? I mean, t- technically I could send a stretch, but I don't... Well, without a, li- a, a, a living creature. So this is like a clear doorway. There's a door, it's open, and it goes into somewhere. Yeah, and as you, since you're this close to it and look inside, like even with like the sunlight that's kind of peering in as the sun is setting, uh, you can see that the inside is carved stonework. It's not just a cave or anything. Perhaps inside this doorway is no longer Asus. Maybe what we're looking at is Grixolis in there. I mean, Velmer, you actually do have devil sight. Mm-hmm. You could kind of peer over the snow if you wanted. Yeah, I'm just gonna go in. Oh, you're just gonna go in? I'll I'll stand at the like right at the the the, the door frame, I guess, and see what I can see from this distance. Okay. So yeah, you kind of climb up a little bit on this piled up snow. You peer inside. The hallway is roughly a hundred feet, and then it kind of opens up to a chamber, and you see a bunch of like stone debris kind of piled from the left and right towards the center of the room, like it may have crumbled in somehow. And then beyond that, there's another hallway that goes deeper. And just because of the view and how far away, you can see there's another chamber, but you can't really tell any detail from this range. I mean, it just looks like a stone passageway to me from here. And based on the inscription, someone's been here before us because these doors should be sealed. What if we shut them? I look at the giant pile of snow. (laughs) I don't know if that'll do any good. I mean, we were sent here to see if there was a portal to Grixolis. If there is, it's... Gonna be in there, I think. I am freezing, guys! I think we gotta check it out. We're here, we're at the top. I think we gotta go in. I think I'd like to light a torch. All right. I'm assuming I mean, she I has daylight one. going. Oh, never mind. We're good. Let's walk in. Let's go. You know what? This is what we're here for. Let's go. After me! Yeah, and I walk in. All right. <laughs> okay. When you enter into the chamber, torches that were not lit up light up magically. The ceilings are 50 feet high, and this is the chamber after the hallway. Across the room, you see another set of 30-foot double doors that are open. Above the doors on the wall, another passage is etched into the stonework. From this distance, it's hard to read, but not only that, you get distracted by what you see on the left and right sides of the room. On each side, you see large piles of debris from crumbled statues. You see the remaining platform of where those statues were, and the platform is roughly 20 feet by 20 feet. And the amount of debris, these were large statues. And as you kind of explore a little bit more in this chamber, and you move kind of towards the center, you get a closer look to the large inscription above the open doors. It is again in that rough dialect of common. Who wants it first? How long does that language thing last? An hour, I believe. Oh, is it an hour? Oh, does it? I thought it was 10 minutes or something. Give it to Doris. <laughs> you want the bad one or the good one? I want. To, I definitely want to see the bad one. All right, here's first. the bad one. 
One hour. Jesus Christ, I can't read any of this. Did you do it with your left hand, man? It looks it looks like he did it with his toes. <laughs> How'd you do it, Dave? I just wrote really bad with the right spear hand. compels you. I can't make out any of this. Uh, here, let, let, let me try something else. I'll use comprehend language again. I mean, it lasts an hour, so. You just focus. Yeah, if it lasts an hour, then you just kind Ooh, of. I recognize one word. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I think I've got something here. Uh, you recognize that word? <laughs> All right, side conversations. <laughs> well, I want them to try to like read it. Never mind. <laughs> These ancient warriors of Asus await their call. The war with Dwarla taught us that our elite must be preserved for when Asus needs them the most. And at that, I'm just going to, like, look around at the statues. Hmm. Didn't do a very good job of that. Uh, with life stalled in their sleep, the lords of earth, water, thunder, and fire patiently wait for the need of their resurrection when Asus sees doom on the horizon. Sorry, this is still really hard. Uh, here sleeps the Terran Lord, Kurinok, bringer of quakes. Here sleeps the Aquin, Aquin Lord, Anurakhan, bringer of floods. Okay, the water guy. Here sleeps the Aran Lord, Hakar, bringer of storms. That sounds familiar. Here, here sleeps the Ig, Ig, Ignin Lord. Mastic, bringer of flames. Heard that one before. Definitely staring at Keth now. <laughs> <laughs> Looking around at everyone. I think we found the connection, Keth. Yeah, I would say so too. But Hakar is dead. I slayed him. And I guess I am Mastic. All the statues are there? They're crumbled. They're crumbled. Two statues though, right? Four. Two on each side. Uh, is there, you said there are still like pedestals where the statues were? Yeah. Is there any, I want to go inspect one of them. Is there anything on there? There's not. Specifically the Mestic one. There's nothing really to find out there. You don't know which one the Mestic one is. So what happened here? Were the spirits of Mestic and Hakar and the, the other two, were they in these statues? It seems possible. Maybe they broke free and took control of others, like me. You know what? That actually makes a lot of sense. I would put a time frame on things. So if we had guesses at, uh, let's call it, possessions by the other that aren't the fire giant, who would they be? Well, I believe, Keth, you have met this Hakar. Yes, I killed him. Well, I killed his body, but I saw his spirit fly away. Maybe it's like the faded where it transfers to somebody. I just wonder if there are not other beings that we need to kill. Call forth? Or, or yeah, potentially recruit to be our allies in the war that is coming. Yes, I mean, based on the context of these inscriptions, I would say that these lords, elemental lords, were put here to protect this place. Is there anything else? We're in a room, right? Yeah, this is just a room, and then there's a hallway at the other end, which at this point, Felomir, you've probably been kind of peering down that hallway. You look into that hallway, and straight ahead, roughly, we'll say 100, no, we'll say about 250 feet, you see a well that is not illuminated. I see... I see something down this hallway. It looks 
like a portal I've seen before. I'll snap my head in that direction. Is it is it open? I can't quite tell, but it doesn't look like it. Well, we need to find out. Is that the only thing here? In this room, the statues that are crumbled and the inscription is the only thing here. And then Thelamir can see into the next room, and that's the only thing he sees currently. Um, I'll use clairvoyance to scout ahead. I want to use Maximilian's earth and grasp to reassemble the statue of the earth, <laughs> of the earth guy. I use mending. Oh, God. <laughs> I know it doesn't really work like that, but, you know, it's a hand. He could rebuild it, and it's made of earth. That could be cool. Well, Dorth can summon a, a hand as well, so two hands. I can also well, summon a hand. Made, <laughs> oh, shit, dude. My hand's made of the ground, and it would be rebuilding the earth guy statue. That what? would be the goal. No, that's, that's to, like, hold somebody down. Shut up. I just want to be creative. Wait. Did it? doesn't move, does it? I create an invisible sensor within range. In a location familiar to you, a place you have visited or seen before, or in an obvious location that is unfamiliar to you, such as behind a door, around a corner, or in a grove of trees. The sensor remains in place for the duration, and it can't be attacked or otherwise interacted with. I'm going to need you to give me a investigation check. Okay. Because you're looking into the darkness and you can't see where the well is. Okay. Well, I am holding up my shield. It's still 250 feet away and your daylight has 120 foot range. Okay. That's going to be, it's going to be a four. All right. So you spawn your uh, clairvoyance orb eye thing and you put it into a spot in the room where you think it best will be. And it's just not far enough. And you can see a small silhouette through this sensor of the well, but it's just not close enough. I think we're going to have to get closer to really inspect the area. Let's just go. I'll lead the way. Okay. So Rokar starts to head forward. I'll follow behind. Same. I will take up the, the rear hesitantly. As you move towards the next chamber, you peer inside from a distance. Those without dark vision start to kind of see more of the room, and those with dark vision even are seeing almost the same distance because of the daylight from Astra's shield. Rokar, you enter. Finch, you enter. Felomir's behind. Doroth and Astra right after. And y'all are getting some distance into the chamber. And then Keth, as you step into the room, a searing pain rushes down your spine. You drop to a knee, screaming. You all then hear echo through the chamber. Mastic, you have returned. Your duty fulfilled. You black out, but only mentally. Keth's body is magically lifted into the air. His head is tilted back, his arms and legs thrown back a magical essence begins to visibly be pulled from his body. It slowly floats in a stream towards the well. The well itself has a magical stream slowly floating towards Keth in a smooth curve. As the two magical rays connect with each other, the chamber begins to quake. Oh no, 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 no! Keth! 
I might try and run and grab his feet, pull him back down and out of this circle if I can. All right. So you run over and you grab hold of his ankles, but you had to jump up to grab him. You start to pull, but it just seems to be holding him up. So you're really just kind of dangling from his own ankles. And then the room begins to illuminate with purple and dark blue hues. Despite the daylight, it seems to be overtaking the room. The inside of the well begins to brighten. The gate to Grixolis was closed but is now opening. Then the connection of magical energy between Keth and the well brightens more. It radiates an immense heat before finally exploding. Everyone but Keth, please give me dexterity saves. 11. Oh, uh, that's gonna be an 18. Three. 23. 15. Thelamir and Astra, you both take 15 radiant damage. Doroth, Finch, and Rokar, you take seven radiant damage. As you recover from the blast, you look to where Keth was floating. He's no longer there. Instead, his body lies limp on the ground in the doorway. But that's when fear really takes over your mind. You hear an intense, low-toned exhale. Then a warm orange and red light begins to take over. You look to the well and see nothing but shadow until the eyes open. Two large red glowing eyes. It blinks. And then when the eyes look to you again, fire billows upwards. Mestic is free and reborn. Give me initiatives. a short period, your blood will be linked to theirs. A short period? <laughs> Why? 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 I'm attuned. Give it. It's mine now. <laughs> if he's gonna make me stab somebody that I didn't want to stab, I'm gonna be really annoyed. <laughs> Savaldi. Finch. Oh, uh, so what would you say it was? <laughs> it's been 15 times. Here I am just trying to get a clean cut for the episode. <laughs> All right, so whenever you're ready, Matt. <laughs> 15. What are the odds at some point during this adventure I've taken the time to find my familiar? Sure. Can I send my new friend out familiar? <laughs> Into the tunnel. Maybe we should wreck on that. Okay. We won't do that yet. <laughs> if your delivery would have been never a little felt better, like I a good time. <laughs> Owl beast arise <laughs> from the skies, fly and s- s- deliver yourself into the tunnel <laughs> so that we may see the insides of it. Sorry. Um, never mind. You <laughs> could take an hour to do it. Hey, you guys want to wait an hour <laughs> here in the cold snow? 
piled up 20 feet high for me to summon an owl familiar. This is an ability that I have and haven't taken advantage of since we leveled up because it never felt like a good time. What does any of that mean? <laughs> Level it's a uh, uh, it's the spear. Don't worry. It's about the drug stalking. It. It's the spear talking. This is it. I think we should definitely be prepared and try to figure out what's on the other side. I mean, I can prepare a spell that might get us a look inside, uh, uh, as well as Brokar's owl, the pigeon. What owl? Owl. 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 You don't want a pigeon. I don't think that's an option. Dire pigeon. Based on the fine familiar spell description. What was it you said in episode two about fighting dire pigs? (laughs) Something like that, yeah. He hasn't listened to episode two yet. (laughs) (laughs) I told you, Dave.